0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live.
1: You're listening to Limbit on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Wherever you are in the world, welcome. To the home of free speech with me, Lembert Opik, right here on TNT Radio in this hour. We have one of the more controversial directors of filmmaking uh, in the world, uh, Naim Mahmoud, will be joining me in a few minutes. Fascinating conversation, I assor- assure you. As a film director myself, I bow to him because I make satire. He makes serious, serious movies. More about him in a moment. Uh, Roger Evans, who was my guest in the previous hour, a former deputy mayor of the London Assembly and uh, conservative, has drawn actually some faint praise, I have to say. Uh, Holly says he got to the end. He did indeed, Holly. Uh, Skippy says, Roger, old chestnut, but do your own research. Uh, That's about COVID. I tend to agree with you there. And... uh, uh, Hidden in Plain Sight says, great job, Lembert. Good man. Get Roger back on. They are still under cognitive dissonance about things, Methinks. thinks. I tend to agree. Uh, I, I do feel Roger gave honest answers and, and I like that. Uh, Blodder says, excellent work, Lembert. We've missed you. I've missed you too, Blodders. It's great to be back. And I love doing these weekend uh, programs because we get deeper into things. Uh, hopefully I'm asking the kind of questions you'd like me to ask. Put them into the chat on tntradio.live and if I can get round to them, I will make those comments on your behalf. Uh, Lisa says, me not jumping back on no COVID train. I tend to agree with you. I'm through with those vaccinations. The third one gave me blood pressure problems and a whole lot more besides. Uh, in a moment, as I say, we're going to be talking with uh, a fantastic and fascinating director. I do want to tell you a little bit about what seems to be making the news. The one that worries me the most, US launches new missile strike on Houthi targets in Yemen. If you don't know about the Yemen conflict, I'm not surprised. It's an uncomfortable little conflict, uh, which has been going on for years with the mighty uh, the mighty uh, Arabs uh, fighting uh, the relatively impoverished Yemenis. Uh, and I haven't got time to explain everything that's happening there. But the last thing the Yemeni population needs is more conflict. What worries me, though, is the prospect of escalation. This ragged conflict between Israel and Gaza, the asymmetric warfare where 23,000 or more Gazans have already died, most of them civilians, could easily run away from itself. Iran, uh, a superpower in the region that has, for reasons I haven't got time to explain again, tended to be a, uh, a settling force in the region, uh, is under great strain now. and. I wonder where this will end up. Uh, If you have a view on that, do please share. Uh, You can go to tntradio.live. Next weekend, I hope to get an expert on the subject to speak candidly about what's happening. And seven days is a long time in politics, but I want to cover that next week. I worry that we are poking a tiger and that we will all suffer in the long run. Uh, Do let me know your views on that. I don't want to become uh, scaremongering. I don't want you to give the impression. I don't want to give you the impression uh, that uh, I'm I'm soothsaying and doom mongering. But I worry where we're headed with that, and perhaps you are too. Do let me know at uh, TNT And also, just one more word about Donald Trump. I've got some comments. Uh, I get them also on my uh, on my uh, phone. Uh, by people saying that uh, Donald Trump's treatment by the establishment only increases his support because he looks like a common man with a lot of money who's been run down by the old establishment. That's what I said an hour ago. And I suspect this is probably true. Uh, If I can, I'll get somebody onto the station who can speak authoritatively about American politics. I'll see if he's available for next weekend and we can put the questions to him directly. Uh, lots going on in the chat. Let me just uh, share some of what's being said. Uh, just a bloke who asked questions says, always good to hear those with opposing opinions. He did a great job, Lambert, of asking him leading questions that led him to possibly question his own beliefs. Well, just a bloke, I'm not sure the extent to which Roger will change his views, but I do feel he was engaging and my mission is to get interesting people, often with views at variance to my own, sharing opinions, because that's how you learn. So I'm, I'm grateful that you liked him as a guest. Uh Holly says sweeping variants dreary me. Yes, indeed. How many more COVIDs are we going to have? COVID 40, COVID-60? When we're going to realize that actually the best thing we can do is trust nature to develop an immunity and that we actually make it more dangerous in the long run if we don't let nature do its job. And Mogden says, looking forward to your next guest, Lembert. His brother has been on with Dean Mackin a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. That's right. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with him as well. Uh, And just one more comment before we do go to our next guest. I wonder what you make of the next general election. Roger got me thinking. As he spoke about Keir Starmer, I realized much of what he did say about Starmer, the uh, leader of the opposition in the UK, could also be said about Rishi Sunak. Will anything change if the government changes? Or are we doomed for five more years of more or less the same? And what will the country be like in 2029? Is Britain, a first world country, teetering on collapse? Or will it come back bouncing? To what extent do you believe that a change in government will make Britain a better place? I'd like to know your views on that. Go to TNTRadio.live. Uh, coming up next, we are going to go into the world of film direction with a man who uses his skills to talk about important things. All of that coming up with me, Lembatopic, right here on TNT Radio. Delivering the facts. The source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Naim Mahmoud is an award winning. London-based film director, committed to making bold, daring, and provocative films. That is a fascinating thing to do with an interesting genre. Before we speak to him, listen to this clip.
0: Gods of Their Own Religion is a surreal fever dream, set in a technocratic, empire that is slowly consuming the souls of the population. And within this futuristic dystopian landscape, there are a group of people, a minority, who are trying to hold on to their souls and navigate their way through a mind virus that's gods of their own religion.
1: Made during the Covid lockdown, Naeem Mahmoud has produced a daring and provocative film. So what is it all about? Is it an allegory for something that we've all lived through? Is it something more? Naim? thank you for joining me here on The Lembitopic Show on TNT Radio. Thank you for having me, Lembit. Absolute pleasure. It's quite an honor to have you on the show. I make satirical comedy films about Brexiteers who move to Europe because they don't like Brexit. You do something rather more (laughs) serious. First of all, tell me about your profession. Tell me about what it's like to be a professional director of films.
0: Well, now I'm at a stage where you're able to let go of a lot of the conditioning that you're brought up with as a kid and just really express yourself and also bring people together in the process, uh, whatever the background may be. And um, I'm able to draw upon things that are happening around me in the world, particularly uh, during the last couple of years with all the madness that's been going on and seep that into uh, an art form, into a visual medium and try to get to the truth, particularly the truth uh, in terms of what's really going on in the unseen, you know, energetically or even up to a vibrational level and on on a surface level as well. So. from 2020 onwards um, well actually before 2020 i was doing some comedy stuff as well and uh I, gods of their own religion was initially a crime thriller because i was shooting it uh, in uh, early march 2020 and i and, and as soon as the lockdowns hit that's when i started to understand what this film was going to be because i refused to comply and i carried on filming and we had about 150 to almost 200 people working on gods of their own religion and it just felt the right thing to do, to carry on, because I could see the madness, the tyranny, the dystopia that was unfolding. And I was able to yet yeah, to seep in all of that that was going on into gods of their own religion. It was almost like it was filmed during the war. I remember Francis Ford Coppola talking about the making of Apocalypse Now, and he felt like it was going to war making that movie but the difference with that and this is this was filmed during the war a psychological war that was 2020 right in the midst of it so what you see in gods of their own religion is very authentic you know I was going through it living through that madness like all of us were but expressing it through this uh, visual medium that became gods of their own religion a film that people tell me no
1: one has has dared to make and well certainly not on that scale uh, it sounds to me that you're admitting you broke the lockdown the only other people I know who had the audacity to break the government's lockdown, were the Secretary of State for Health, the Prime Minister at the time, <laughs> and the current Prime Minister. So you're in pretty good company there. Well, I, I don't like to consider them good company at all. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, these, these are here
0: today, gone tomorrow uh, politicians. So, you know, that I don't pay any interest or attention to.
1: I live in uh, an urban environment and at the height of the lockdown, All I could hear was parties in everybody's garden and massive herds of lycra cyclists in close proximity sweating on each other on the pretense that they were allowed to do that to break the lockdown. Answer me this then, Lime. What would you say is the message of this film? The message for me is more more so even in the way that the film
0: was made. And that's Become the master of your own destiny. Take charge of your life and stop giving your power away. Be the director of your own life and stop following someone else's script. I think that's the underlying message because we made this film, not just in the lockdown, but also without a budget, without a script, breaking convention, the filmmaking convention, let alone everything else. And I think um, what I was able to discover is that we have more power than we think we have. And there's no limitations, but sometimes we give our power away to other entities, to other forces, or be, you know, political leaders and, and what have you. Whereas we have the power, and that I think is the underlying message in Gods of Their Own Religion, and also it's it, it's capturing forces that were that were at work in the unseen, manipulative, dark, distorted forces, because that's what it felt like in 2020, in the height of that period. It felt like these forces were closing in on a psychological level. It was a real psychological attack on people. But what I discovered is get yourself in optimal condition and become the master of your destiny. And I think that's where it's at, and that's how gods of their own religion was made. And most people involved in the film Lembit were not people awakened people or people who were challenging anything. These were just everyday people, many of them who were following a lot of the diktats. But all these people came together, 150 or so, because they were doing what comes naturally to them and that's being creative during the making of this film. And that's when we're at our best. That's our natural state. And all these views and people had it all went away and everyone felt that it was the right thing to do to come and make this film. And had a lot of people not made this film, there's a lot of young people involved in this, and they would tell me, I don't know what what I would have done. Some were feeling very, very um, depressed, stressed, even verging on suicidal. So make, the making of this film was a great outlet for a lot of people, especially a lot of the youngsters as well. You know, they were able to come together, get stuck, and get creative and 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 be proactive with their lives. So it
1: it really made a difference to a lot of people. You consider yourself to be an anarchist?
0: No, uh, not at all. I'm 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 not an anarchist. I'm not left wing, right wing. You know, all these wings are the same wings on the on the same bird. You know, I'm an individual, uh, a sovereign being who's kind of finding his own way in, in in this reality and just doing what you know to be right. Whether that's anarchy to some people or not, that, that's up to them. But it's just doing what you know to be right and to have that clarity of mind and clarity of thought to make those decisions and, and human connection, bringing people together. Especially in a world where we're all conditioned to be on tech and, and you know, on our mobile phones with our heads buried in, into those mobiles, is the importance of people coming together. And that's what what was magical about the making of gods of their own religion. It was really driven by by the people because we had nothing, even though it was done on such a grandiose kind of scale,
1: you know hidden in plain sight says I never agreed to anything which was an unlawful denial of my rights and my human rights that was based on lies and deception and sheer bluff uh would you say exactly. that you share hidden in plain sight skepticism about the lockdown and about the restrictions
0: yeah absolutely um it was very clear to me from the start because um I was actually traveling in January 2020 in Myanmar. And I came back via Beijing at the end of January, and that's when it was all kicking off in China, and I didn't know what was going on. But straight away, it felt very anti-human to me in Beijing in that airport, very Orwellian, and I could see this is an anti-human agenda. I could feel it. And then when I came back to the UK, I, I saw the madness slowly unfolding and locking everyone down I mean absolute uh straight away your common sense knows that this is madness and there was no compassion towards people you know and and, and you know protect the elderly and all of that when have they ever cared about elderly people and all of this stuff to, so I could see me, the, the gra- nonsense very early on and
1: how damaging this would be towards um human discourse and people in me, general to me the greatest crime is the thing that I discussed with my political guest in the previous hour that the very people in the BBC, the state-sponsored broadcaster and the government, who are telling us to isolate ourselves and to live in that isolation, were ignoring their own rules, indicating that they were not taking this seriously. Uh, and to me, it's inconceivable, to be honest, named that the government, any government, could impose a lockdown again. Is your film aimed at making a statement? Is it a call to action?
0: The film is giving a sense of the direction where this is all going and what's behind it and the taking away of the souls, the anti-human agenda. And it paints a picture of, it's interesting earlier on, you were talking about the elections and and, um, the Britain that's depicted in Gods of Their Own Religion is a Chinese, it's run by a Chinese-like colonization of Britain, that's what it is. And that's what I felt What was um, the atmosphere of where Britain was heading down. And ironically, I met a Chinese producer who watched the film and she picked up on so many Chinese uh, elements in the, in the movie, which were not planned, but she would pick up on little Chinese details in the background shots and stuff that I didn't even realize were there. She was like, oh, that's that's a Chinese thing or that. It. And it's interesting um, that that uh, Chinese model or that system has seeped into Britain and was exacerbated during 2020. And that's the the, the landscape that is depicted in Gods of Their Own Religion, Uh, this technocratic, um, soulless uh, uh, landscape where people have been almost genetically modified, where we're sort of hinting at these kind of directions that they're they're going down. But within this, this madness and this chaos, there were a group of individuals who were trying to hold on a real minority who were trying to hold on to what makes them human and that human relationship and connection. And that's what I felt like what I was going through at 2020, like many, many others, you know, Um, a lot of people were following the Pied Piper off the cliff. hmm. But there were a few who were trying to stand their ground and do the right thing.
1: I'm going to come back to you in a moment in this hour. We've got questions, including a very interesting one about funding from Holly. Uh, If you've got questions for Naeem, who has produced this controversial. Kickback against the establishment and how we get oppressed, put them into the chat on TNTradio.live. That's the quickest way to get to me. Uh, I'm going to ask him a few questions about uh, cinema production and compare notes as well. Uh, I'm Lempotopic. This is The Lempotopic Show and this is TNT Radio.
0: You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about.
2: I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relations with supply chains and the like and I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying how can I make myself less dependent on the system it's kind of hard to know where to start right where would you suggest we even begin with this process?
1: Yeah it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities but for most people i would say charlie it feels normal but it ain't normal (laughs) the world is not normal it's completely gone off kilter
0: charlie robinson on today's news talk radio tnt
1: god's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations it transcends culture
2: the church is always going to be an embattled people If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40.
0: California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine.
1: Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence.
2: The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2 percent. You know, 99.8 percent survival, rather than the three or four percent mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been: not
1: only do you obey government, but you honor government. No no
2: Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church.
1: This is The Limbit Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to The Limbit Opic Show here on TNT Radio, my new home at the weekends. Three hours on Saturday, three hours on Sunday, where we get to dig deep with some treasured and valued guests who have more than most to say about politics culture and society. Uh, Joining me today uh, is Naeem Mahmoud, a highly accomplished director who had a premiere of a wonderful film. Uh, I'm going to be talking to him about film production, something which is very dear to my heart uh, in just a moment. Uh, But first, let's hear a clip from his film, Gods of Their Own Religion.
2: 确保每天测试确保。确保。确保。
1: Gods of their own religion there, uh, directed by my guest, Naeem Mahmud. Naeem, as one director to another, I can just say I have unalloyed envy of your production values. Uh, Gore Dal once said, every time I see my friends do well, something in me dies. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful what you've produced there and the kind of dystopian film I stay up late to watch. Uh, how long did it take you to make that? So we shot that, um, uh, in 19 days, uh, over, uh,
0: throughout 2020. So it was very, very quick. I threw away all the rule book, the filmmaking rule book and everything that you're conditioned with and taught that you must do this and do it like that and do it like that, got rid of all of that and just let myself go. And I think that's what 2020 brought out of me, you know, and when you talk about the production values that was done with no budget, you know, we had nothing. And uh, it just shows again what's possible when you think outside of the box, when you stop conforming to the usual nonsense, you're able to achieve a lot more. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm so proud of the film as well, uh, regardless of the the subject matter. And everyone really came together on this Lembit because they were in that isolation. They were going through this lockdown. And this really gave them an outlet and it drew everyone together to go the extra mile and chip in into something that they knew was gonna be a very, very important film that no one was really doing or even tackling. You would expect a lot more artists and and creatives, music, film, whatever, uh, would be challenging uh, a lot of the madness that was going on or at least trying to have a a voice uh, in regards to what
1: was happening, but that was not the case, which I find quite shocking. This leads directly to Holly's question. Holly asks, uh, does Naeem have difficulty getting finance for films that could be considered controversial? Or are there plenty of people that realize the importance of them? What's the answer?
0: Well, uh, in terms of the corrupt industry, uh, pretty much uh, forget about it. You know, if if it's not zombie with a shotgun or something, <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't really care. And they're not really bothered. If it's not fast food, junk food uh, films that are getting churned out, you're not going to get much funding. However, there's a lot of people who are starting to get behind the stuff that we're doing because it's authentic, because it's real, it's coming from, it's challenging that status quo that so many people are afraid to do, Uh, and in a human way, on a human level. So uh, we're starting to get a lot more support from the people. Even with this film, we don't have any distribution machine behind it or anything. And it still premiered at Cine World in Leicester Square in the West End. And it's that, that has happened because of the people, everyone involved that have got behind this. And it's a beautiful place to be because you're, it, you're truly independent. And you're truly um, uh, alongside your team and everyone else involved in control of how it's released, how it's marketed. None of the marketing's watered down, as you saw with that teaser earlier. And um, it's it's a beautiful place to be because you're just flowing and you can stay true to your work and to yourself. And that's the future.
1: Let, let me read some of the comments which are coming in, Naeem. Uh, it's tempting for me just to look at the messages as they come in. I try not to do that too much. Uh, people are comparing what you're describing to Aldous Huxley's Brave New World and George Orwell's 1984, which uh, has been likened uh, by at least one contributor to 2020. And um, uh, Hidden in Plain Sight points out that the the clockwork way, we were made to go in one door and come out elsewhere in supermarkets, and the fact that many were attacked for not not following the message. Uh, A lot of surprise that it only took you 19 days. I spent five days in Corfu filming my trailer. That's all we got done. (laughs) Maybe I should... (laughs) uh, listen to that was just well we got you got 22 usable minutes but the trailer itself is just two and a half because that's the way i was told to do things i think i got that one wrong i've i've been there as well Lembit it's funny because i did a trailer
0: some years back and and spent like five days on it and it's like what's going on and i and before 2020 i could never have believed that i could do a feature film on this scale in 19 days without a script or budget i, I wouldn't even entertain that fact you know uh, but it just shows, again, that when you come outside of the box and you just let yourself go and tap into your true self and let go of the fear. Mm-hmm. I think um, there was a lot of fear. Oh, you oh, don't film during that period or don't go down that road. There was a lot of energy, a lot of people around me. I could feel it like don't go there kind of vibe. Once you cross that path and you, you do what you know to be right, suddenly a whole other world opens up. And and everything becomes so much more expansive, and so many more people get behind you, uh, and really get behind you properly. You know, when, when something's so authentic.
1: Uh, Holly asks, was everyone on a day rate? If so, uh, <laughs> I'll ask. I'll ask uh, if if you do that for minimum wage, you can finish my film, Mister Calamari, for about two grand. <laughs>
0: Uh, to be very honest, no one, none of us got paid, you know, not even the the lead actors or myself or anything. It was a true passion project. That's all it was. There was no funding, even if there was, you know, any chance of getting any funding, everything was shut down. So it was a choice of, do you go and make this film no matter what? And it could only have been made during that time in 2020. And and I uh, knew
1: it was important thing to do. Holly asks a question that's been on, on my mind. She asks, didn't the health and safety police come along and spoil your fun?
0: <laughs> well, the COVID marshals will just bat them aside. Don't worry about them, Joe. You know I mean, <laughs> take around a corner and rough them up a bit. But we did get stopped. Uh, <laughs> uh, cut. It's funny because we um, there was a sequence that we'd done where we had everyone on their knees uh, muzzled up. It was about 30, 40 extras, I can't remember how many and they're on their knees. And um, we had a police van. Uh, I think a van or two sort of stopped nearby and sort of watch for a bit and then drive off. And then the security guard came out of the building in front of that we were filming. And he said, um, you know, what are you all doing here? What's going on? And I just literally instinctively looked at everyone on their knees, muzzled up. And I said to him, we're filming for Black Lives Matter. And he just <laughs> turned around and went straight back into the building. And it was it was during that sort of George Floyd kind of period that that particular sequence So just everything was off the cuff. And I think even the police must have looked at what's what's going on here. And they just sort of let us carry on. And we got stopped once by the police and they looked at what was going on, but they saw that we were operating in an organized manner. And I didn't approach them sort of, you know, with a little me attitude and we had a conversation and they said, carry on. I think you guys are doing a good thing. And they let us Um, carry on. And it just shows that when, when you, when you, when you have the right intention behind something Lemby and, and it's coming from a pure place and, uh, you know, things start to go your way and and people let us carry on.
1: Uh, Interesting that you should say that. Uh, I've just scrolled up to fake jelly beans, who made a comment some time ago. It's like the Black Lives Matter riots, COVID doesn't spread among virtue signaling thugs, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. Uh, I was stunned myself by the contradiction. Black Lives Matter was able to break every rule. And then those people who are against the COVID lockdowns were arrested. As if they were more prone to the virus than the politically correct people. It seems to me, Naeem, that we lived in a, a period of madness where not only were the top flight broadcasters and politicians ignoring their own lockdown advice, but the police became entirely judgmental about the good protesters who could do whatever they wanted and the bad protesters who are anti-establishment uh i wonder if there's a lesson here which was indeed alluded to by aldous huxley and brave new world and george orwell in 1984 that we are on the verge of the very totalitarian system we went to war to prevent
0: yes and i think that you know i've been out uh, on the streets doing a lot of outreach work as well and activism during that period and what i learned is embody everything that it is that you that you stand for you know it's it's very difficult to try and awaken everyone and you know first embody it yourself and and that energy itself will exude onto other people and give them strength and courage you know get yourself in optimal condition mentally physically spiritually And that in itself, energetically makes a huge difference to people around you. And I know this from the making of this film, because the 150 or 200 or so people would not have come on board had I been a flimsy guy here, there and everywhere and all over the shop. You know, it was very clear cut. I was prepared, well trained, very concise, but with love, care and compassion. And and that energy definitely transfused among all the people around me. So I would say. First and foremost, get yourself in optimal condition, look to self and embody that. And that in itself is gonna push back a lot of the tyranny.
1: Mogden asks a question I should already have asked you, Naeem, where can we see the film?
0: So we already launched the film uh, last year in November and have had a run of screenings. And now we're gonna have uh, screenings across the world. In the UK, we've got several screenings in London and screenings across the UK because we don't want to straight away go on to digital. We want people to come down. We've had some incredible events where people come, network. It's become like a club where so many people are coming down and the buzz is unreal, that human interaction. Our next screening is on the 29th of February in Soho, London at the Karma Sanctum Soho. If you follow gods of their own religion on, on all the social media platforms, the website, et cetera, we're going to be updating that with all the screenings coming up. And we also got screenings coming up abroad internationally from Portugal to Ibiza, to to America, Florida. So this year is gonna be nuts. It's it's gonna be some really cool screenings. So stay tuned. We've got quite a few screenings that we're gonna be announcing in
1: the UK as well, coming up very soon. In my life experience, and I uh, I ironically often try to conform, I just don't seem able to do it. But my experience is you can do what you like until you start making a difference, and then you start getting canceled. Are you concerned that the Thought Police will find ways to obstruct your rollout of this film?
0: No, not at all, because I don't operate on their frequency. And one thing I learned during the outreach is that people have the power. The industry doesn't have the power. The people behind the cancel culture have no power. And even the way the film's been released already, that's been through the people. There's been no industry backing. And they can try and cancel here. They can try and cancel there we'll bypass that and go another way because there's too many people behind it and it's going to take a momentum of its of its own. And I think when you have a fearless attitude, and again, it's come from pure intention, a path opens up for you. We're able to bypass these tyrannical uh, entities and push them aside. So that does not concern me. Once you start paying attention to that fear, of, oh, why I might get canceled, or oh, I might not do this. You don't even, you start limiting yourself. You don't even take those steps then, Lembit. So don't I don't worry about any of that at all.
1: You know, uh, just a bloke says in line with what you're saying, Naeem, be the change you want to see, live the life you want to live. If others like what they see, they'll follow. I'm going to have uh, some more conversation with Naeem. And I want to talk more generally about the corporatization of culture in a few minutes time. Uh, do get your comments in. You've got another 20 minutes of me here uh, on TNT Radio. I'm Lember This is The lembetopic Show.
2: As a combat-wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket-propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible.
1: DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways.
2: With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans.
1: Latoya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to
0: DAV.org.
2: Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships,
1: these patients don't have another option.
2: Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today.
1: Lembid on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Greetings. Welcome back to The Metopic Show, right here at the home of Free Speech TNT Radio. And with me, a man who is absolutely inspirational to me, uh, not least because he made a film in 19 days. I made a trailer in five. It's Naeem Mahmoud, who rather generously says he's been where I've been. Uh, Mahmoud, great to have you on the show. Uh, Really interesting to talk with you. And uh, I wanted to confess something, which is... uh, that I'm, I've actually made every mistake in the book in directing, Uh, I once crossed the line. Now that doesn't mean anything to somebody who hasn't (laughs) made a film. Uh, In short, it means it's hard to explain, but you have to make it look like two people are talking to each other. And if you cross the line, then one's looking the wrong way. And I made the single take for this short film I was making, and we crossed the line. And we couldn't go back because it had been a location shot. So Although it was a fairly serious video, we had to actually make a comedy of that scene because it just looked like two Chumley Warner people uh, watching, talking to each other with their arm on on the bookshelf. And we just put some comedy music and it was the only part of the video anyone ever remembered. So (laughs) you go, kind of right, yeah, crossing the line. Uh, Keep keep crossing crossing that
0: line. You know, that's the lesson. Cross cross that line, and it's ironic that that term is uh, that technical term is called cross the line. And with gods of their own religion, I ended up crossing the line pretty much all the time. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't give a shit about any of that. I threw that all all aside and ended up producing my best work. So when you actually metaphorically cross that line, mm.
1: that's where the magic lies. It, it seems like it. I have to say, sorry if anyone's offended by names rather well, mild language there, but I do get the point. And uh, I have to say that you inspire me to go off and finish Mr. Calamari in a week in Corfu. We had thirty people on the t- crew. I suspect I can probably do it with fewer. How many people did you say were on your team to make uh, to make the film? In total, from uh, from pre-production all the way to post-production,
0: I would say almost up to two hundred people have worked on on gods of their own religion in some form or, or another uh um, so yeah it was it was a huge undertaking i mean it was it's a, re- a real grandiose piece quite a spectacle but a, but a complex film uh nonetheless um but again I, I never would have imagined you know with the resources and the and, and the conditions and, and shooting in 2020 that we'd be, be able to do that but now
1: perhaps my, anything's possible perhaps my greatest achievement was getting all the equipment to corfu there were three of us in the flight i got everyone else in different flights and i realized that the amount of, of baggage we had was just under a third of a ton <laughs> and i won't quite explain wow. how i did it but it was basically a mixture of bravado and second guessing the check-in person balancing the hope that she didn't quite know what my rights were and uh it was just ridiculous i've never had 300 kilos of uh luggage before And i actually think based on what you said we didn't need it we probably could have done with three cameras and three tripods and a couple of lights yeah
0: (laughs) and and i learned a lot um uh, working in itv about how much uh waste culture there is you know i remember all all the gear and no idea as they say and in television when i worked there i could see that so much gear so much equipment so much money thrown and producing poor, poor content and so much waste, food chucked away. I mean, it was it was insane. And yeah. what I learned again with gods of their own religion is just keep it simple, keep it stripped down, skeleton crew, little lightweight equipment, move around. And um, yeah, again, so much more is possible. But you need to come and work with me, man, because I, 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 you st- I love your attitude. you got a mentality. The fact you went out there and shot in Corfu and, and you know, tra- tried to put it together, you know, that that's what it's about. You know, some people don't <laughs> that, even dare even I, attempt it.
1: So. I would love to work with you. I did it during the lockdown as well. And we had to have a a landing shot of an aeroplane and there was only one plane coming in on that day. And I said, Mm. they're definitely going to come in from, I've I've got a pilot's license. I said, definitely going to come in from that end. The locals say, no, no, it'll be from this end. I was completely wrong. And they've never let me forget the the fact that we were at the wrong end of the runway to get the plane, but we got it anyway. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the corporatization of, of filmmaking uh you're an independent and there's a lot of support for you in in the chat uh at uh, uh tnt radio.life for, for independent filmmaking isn't there a temptation though to get the big bucks to get the 50 million and to sell out to an extent to hollywood or bollywood in some cases
0: at the moment you know i don't even entertain that or think about that because i'm so focused by the work that i'm doing now since 2020 my whole voice has gone uh to a whole new level and i'm i'm in a beautiful place right now where i'm exploring that and gods of their own religion is just part one of the trilogy of a dystopian trilogy i call it so we've got a lot more to come so i'm purely focused on that you know of course i can see like even with filmmakers gone by they've done some really poor films and they've done it for the money and perhaps they've used that money to invest in other films you know but for me I'm not looking at that at all at the moment, you know, uh, Hollywood or, or big bucks and all of that stuff. I've done some of that stuff on a smaller scale in the past where I've done stuff because I've needed the finance and just knock it out kind of thing. But now at this stage, as I say, I'm very much in the zone, you know, of really exploring what's really going on in this world in all the way up to the unseen and to seep that into the movie so look out for the trilogy the gods of their own trilogy and uh that that's where
1: i'm at i want a cameo <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, that's just my Absolutely. narcissism talking <laughs> i thought you would
0: uh, never ask lemby
1: they've <laughs> <laughs> called upon you heard to it live on tnt world, baby <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there faster than you can say Narcissus. you I really will be uh, Warren Beatty <laughs> in my view made a superb film called Bullworth and it didn't get distribution because it was highly critical of the Hollywood film industry is it possible that you will have built in the limits of your distribution because you are challenging the orthodoxy
0: I'm not beholden, Lembit, to any of these distributors anymore or any of this so-called industry. To me, particularly in the UK as well, the industry is dead. So I'm not beholden to these distributors. And even if you do get a distributor on board, you know there's no passion behind the the, the marketing of the film, the voice of the film, the, or the style of the movie. They don't get it. It's just chuck it out onto some digital platforms, maybe have a few screenings. There's no passion behind it. And already, um, you know, if you check out what we've done with God so far, energy and the response uh, has been absolutely amazing because it's free from all the shackles. And uh, so... Yeah, I don't really care if the distributors get involved or if it limits them or not. There's there's a lot of people, a lot of organisations, a lot of partners that we're collaborating with. They're going to get it out in a much more interesting way. And I've been enjoying having the the in person screenings that we've been having, just meeting people, connecting with people, Q and A's, chats, special guests. There's been a real buzz and a real vibe, and people from all walks of life, you know, different different sides of the of the spectrum. And that's what's been amazing. Uh, it's funny. There's people who follow a lot of the narrative, who've watched the film, and found something in the movie, and been and have been blown away, or how the movie was made. So I think the future now lies in, in, in within us. We have the power mm-hmm. and and to yeah. think out to think creatively about how you market and distribute your work and partners that you build. You know, you build and the relationships that you build. Like our relationship right now. You're now in my next mm-hmm. film. You know, <laughs> that, that that's how it that's how it goes. <laughs>
1: I, I would be delighted to, and we'll give you a cameo in Mister Calamari, which is my uh, my off the wall <laughs> piece. Which you know what, I will finish. I'll probably finish in it in a weekend now, based on what you've said. Uh, oh, the other option is to serialize it and just look do it at you, a like, bit Now, <laughs> yeah, you are actually inspiring me. Quite honestly, it's happening <laughs> live on TNT Radio. Interesting thing, TNT Radio shares your narrative. The reason I I work here, and the reason I'm so pleased to to have all this space to really dig deep with with very valued guests like you is because TNT Radio and its progenitors have realized that the mainstream media tells you what to think. It doesn't tell you things. It tells you thoughts. And you can see this. But when you look in from the outside, you can see this bias. Uh, I just wonder, with the liberation that you get from having made this film, has it altered your view of the world? There's a film called They Live, which is a parody about this very thing. Do you see the world differently because of what you've seen through the lens in your own designs?
0: Absolutely. And because I've lived through that, uh, particularly the 2020 period and right in the thick of it, right in the midst of it, you know, not from the peripheral and, um, before 2020, yes, I saw it on a day live, kind of level, uh, the John Carpenter movie that you mentioned,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: but, since 2020, it goes even deeper into the rabbit hole. And um, it's it's beyond even just politics and 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 uh, puppet politicians and then the British brainwashing corporation that you talk about and the mainstream media and all of that stuff, you know, there's a real uh, anti-human uh, force and agenda behind mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. um, it's important now to, as I say, bring the power back to self to connect with people and be the better versions of yourself that that you can be and yeah i mean i could talk about for hours about how i see things now and the, and to a level of the corrupt institutions from the pharmaceuticals to the mainstream media etc that are crushing people that are that are destroying people's strength uh that they naturally possess within them but it's time to take um, the power
1: back you you've also inspired our our viewers and listeners Blodders, i'll have to read this out too Blodder says Be like water, bro. Next year, Rodders, we will be millionaires. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Only fools directors, I think they're blodders. Um, uh, Another one says, what a wonderful guest name is. Your new producer must be superb. Absolutely (laughs) is. completely. Holly says, stay true to yourself always. Yeah. Holly also says that the music industry has been essentially dismantled and corporatized during Covid, oh yeah, uh, and it's, yeah, it's just corporate now. Uh, uh yeah, and even the says- music
0: is so, even the music and the energy is so dark as well behind it. So negative, you know. There's no joy in that in the
1: music scene nowadays and the, the mainstream music. Yeah, it's all subwoofer basically, and um there's a film, there's a book you may have called. I think it's called. Is it called Kill Your Friends? Uh, and it's about the music industry. It's said to be fiction, but I, I doubt whether it is. Uh, uh, just a bloke says this is a compliment coming up now. Respect to Naim, I'm self-employed and never do anything just for the money. Take the money, and you'll always end up eventually compromising on your values and integrity. Uh, just a bloke. It's cost me dearly in my life to take the approach that you've said, but you see the result. I mean, naeem's produced a film on a tight budget in very tight time. And I'm definitely gonna to go to that uh, to the, that, uh, screening on the 29th of February, if I'm allowed. And uh, uh, Blodder's actually kind of interesting point that says that uh, this longer format works. I, I agree with you. I, I couldn't imagine inv- uh, inviting you on the show for eight minutes, uh, Naeem. I'm just loving the fact we've got the yeah. whole hour to explore. Uh, I wanna finish off on, on a fairly um, predictive, uh, Uh, approach. Now, with artificial intelligence, there's been a lot of dispute in Hollywood, because the writers are worried that the AI will do their job for them. I've written many scripts. And I don't think AI can produce genius, it can produce competent scripts, but not genius. How concerned are you that we're handing our creativity to microchips? And is there anything we can do about it if you are worried? Bat it aside. Come on, people. Now,
0: the whole AI thing—the reason why AI is able to gain this traction is because of a little me attitude. People give power away again. And um, okay, AI and all some of this stuff is around us, but be the master. Don't put it on this pedestal. And yeah, a lot of people are getting swallowed by this, and maybe many people will go down in the sinking ship of the Titanic. But look. Uh, tyrannies were always brought down by a minority. So I'm not so concerned about the technological side. Where I am concerned is the kids. They're really targeting the children. They're training them up, conditioning them from the the pathetic education system, and even in in the homes of people where the kids are on the mobiles, on their laptops all the time. And I think that's what we got to watch out for. They're really training the kids up, and I think. You know, families, parents, communities got to get their act together when it comes to that. And, and still so- when you, when when you're limber in in optimal condition, and and you strengthen yourself, and all those things we were talking about earlier, you can push all of that AI and all that stuff aside, or at the very least, be in control of those things, uh, those technological things that are around you, rather than giving the power away. And yeah, that AI will never uh, have that authenticity, that little rough around the edges that the human. The human souls possess but when we're at our best healthy uh truly educated etc that's when when we have a much more beautiful place beautiful world and we're in control of these
1: things you, you've just put your finger on the word i was going to raise so My my suspicion is that ai can look conscious but it isn't conscious my suspicion is that the unfathomable the pricelessness of our existence is to observe the world through consciousness I wonder if your film is essentially a call to arms to do what Idris Shah warned about Idris Shah was a Sufi philosopher he said humanity's greatest mistake is sleeping when is thinking it is alive and by and large it is simply dozing in the waiting room of life I see many people dozing their way through life Perhaps what you're trying to do is wake us up. And
0: beautiful thing is that um, I'm not trying to wake anyone up directly. I'm just putting an energy out there through the film, through what I stand for, through the team, the people that I work with and a positive energy, a, a, a high vibration out to people. And that seems to be infectious. And ultimately gods of their own religion is an exploration of what's really going in on internally and and that battle within on a surface level we have this dystopian landscape and things that we're familiar with that happen in 2020 but it's ultimately um a battle of what is going on in the unseen and it all comes down to that internal battle if we can win that internal battle within the world around us uh, changes for the better
1: now I mean, it's been inspir- wrong
0: religion is about
1: it's been it's been inspirational to have you on i don't think i'll share my trailer when i see you i think yours is better no. <laughs> but thanks so much I, I've thanks been for there, the job lemme, so thanks for the opportunity an extra anytime in thank you next film that is named absolute my pleasure in. much and much love to all your viewers out there uh thank you you'll be back as arnie schwarzenegger might say i'll be back tomorrow yeah. morning thank you so much to the great team uh thank you for your and your points of view as well Uh, stay tuned to TNT Radio where we do the talking and you do the thinking that's how it's supposed to be really loved it I'll be back one hour earlier tomorrow morning with some other great guests thanks for being involved with the Lempotopic show this is TNT Radio